you're listening to I Feel For You. I'm Dion, your host, and this week we are exploring ideas about trust and learning how to trust in your magic. And basically, this was a random waffle that I kind of wrote and I didn't know what it was going to be. Could have been morning pages, could have been a blog post, I don't know. It could have just been like something that goes into that archive of all the things that I've ever written that I never share with anyone. And I don't know, I just started recording and reading it out to Finaman, who features in the podcast, um, to see what he thought it might be. And he's told me to make this a podcast. <laughs> so it's quite lo-fi. I hope you don't mind. Um, but yeah, here's a peek into my <laughs> inner world, insights and thoughts and reflections about the month of October. I hope you enjoy it. October Reflections, what I learned this month. I haven't even read this through myself, to be honest, so I don't even know what this is. October's been a deep dive into self-care and creativity, as I've been running a group coaching programme, Take Care of You Autumn, where I've been holding space for incredible people to dig deep into their own journey during the transitional season. It's been quite a time. I realised quite early on that I needed to withdraw from so many things in order to be able to show up wholeheartedly for the group and to produce content exclusively for them. Part of the programme had resources made in, in advance but I'm increasingly learning that the way I like to hold space for people is to be as fully present as possible. Whether I'm leading a workshop or coaching one-to-one, I prep until the cows come home then surrender it all, trusting that I'll be able to call upon what I need in the moment. I know, it's terrifying to even write that to be honest but I think it's something I resisted for a long time. I denied the part of me that had a deep felt sense of knowing what I needed in the moment. I'm not saying that I rejected preparation or reject preparation at all, but I know I am the type that does the most, too much, to the point where neurosis can take over and cloud everything. Do you know what I mean? For example, for so long my air quotes, habit of preparation looked like days of deep research and planning for one workshop. I've always been that type, above and beyond. And I'm not talking about that kind of overdoing as a way to impress someone, because to be honest, I don't think it's impressive. I think that I was acting from a place of deep distrust of myself. I don't regret all the time I've dedicated and committed to planning, but on top of my ongoing training and development, it kind of detracts from the objective. To leave room to digest and absorb learning so that you can then pass them on, you know? Instead, I kept piling in more and more information, more training, more readings, more self-development, but it can get in its own way, you know? Like if you've ever had osteopathy in your life, or in fact any kind of body work where there's a minor manipulation of some kind, you know that it's recommended that you let your body adjust to the treatment, i.e. it's not recommended that you go and get a massage the day after, it's too much. Or if you think about going to the gym, and if you go to a gym, and you train and train with no rest, it's more likely that you're susceptible to injuries, and you simply don't give the body a full chance to recover and become stronger. It's a no-brainer. So yeah, this overdoing it, yeah, and I'm using that hood documentary meme right now for you, often leads to confusion. And there's an analogy here about kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. I haven't really written about this because I was thinking about the fact that I wrote that in the last 
week of Take Care of You, mm. where my lecturer spoke to me about, uh, he used to pull me aside and constantly tell me, Dion, kiss. <laughs> yeah, and he would constantly tell me, like, keep it simple, stupid. And, like, he told the class once, but he would tell me this weekly, like, Dion, kiss, remember kiss, because I would just go overboard all the time. Just the same issues, though. The same issues, like, because I was thinking about it today, like... Ah, yeah, actually, okay, and I go on. (laughs) I was that type to not get the recommended three books out to write your university essays. I would track down 15 to 20 texts from the library in order to overwhelm myself. In fact, I discovered after university that a gang of people had often referred to me as the girl with all the books because I was usually alone, carrying most of those 15 to 20 books around campus to and from the library piled up on desks with me I'd be buried in a text that would spiral me into panic because it was too much I was too much and I know some think that this is endearing or something but I really recognize that sad younger me who never felt that what I did was enough I never trusted in my magic for want of a better phrase I always felt I had to do more I mean, it's an old West Indian and diasporic proverb, right? That any black or brown kid of second or more generation will be told. You have to work twice as hard to get half as far. I mean, it's true. But perhaps that's another story. And I'm not blaming my tendency to overdo it on this fact, rather recognising how it plays out to this day. And then I went on a tangent here. It's funny because I was listening to someone speak recently about signs that you don't trust in your own magic. And one of them was seeing that so many people are emulating directly from what you're doing. Yet you don't see what you're doing as having any impact at all. And it's wild the amount of people that have gone on, for example, to become yoga teachers and credited me directly or indirectly as being their inspiration. And how often the most common thing I've been told is how my approach is different to what they're used to. And... Also, how easy I seem to make it look. And this is usually told to me by those people after they've been teaching for a couple of years. Because let's be real, being a yoga teacher is hard as hell. Definitely one of the hardest jobs I've ever done. Off the tangent, so I'm still working on undoing that tendency little me had and learning to trust more and more. And that has meant that during the month of October, this program has been wonderful, but particularly intense. Most days I've been making content inspired by the theme of the week. In fact, Shuttle has said that between us, as we work on this, each week we've written a book and on top of that recorded at least three videos plus an audio meditation, edited all the things, made music, created artwork, designed and presented the book online, managed a private online group, written and sent numerous emails, written and shared prompts, and well, the list goes on. That's not to mention managing the behind the scenes stuff, tech issues, unexpected stuff that inevitably goes wrong, dealing with health issues, managing the need to rest and run other life stuff like potentially moving somewhere else in that time period, but also living in the state of the unknown and all the energy that that takes, organising winter workshops in Norway, beginning to write the next online offering, Reclaim Your Time, by the way, flying to Norway twice for 24 hours to run a silent disco event and DJ, pulling all-nighters and dragging cases heavier than we were, and generally showing up to keep businesses running. It's been a month with no time for much else. 
My clients have been my priority and they've inspired me during the crazy ass times to keep my focus on trying to take care of myself however possible. And that's meant getting really creative during these travel times especially. So how to navigate big ass projects whilst needing to tend to your day to day? How do you be fully present and hold space for a group of people whilst keeping your businesses running? Well, to be honest, organisation, I think. But also a lot of what are. What is what are? What's what are, Feeney? Oh, shit. <laughs> 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 uh, what are is a... What is it actually? It comes from uh, our friend Ben. He was trying to say whatever in a sort of cool way. And then it turned into this Norwegianized whatever, which is like what, and then the letter A, A with an E. And it's just not. it's, I, I guess, the general meaning that we often use is that it's a way to sort of not take everything so seriously or not overdo anything or maybe even keep it simple. Could be part of it. Oh, you sweet for looping all of that round. Come on. <laughs> to make it somehow make sense. <laughs> And voila, I think is a very necessary tool that I'd recommend to anyone, whether you're an entrepreneur or not. I think it's essential to being able to navigate these times. Things fluctuate. Energy, deadlines, relationships, etc, etc, etc. And I think the biggest change of our times is not knowing what might happen. I mean, it's always the case, but now more than ever. For example, I bought a house when I was 18. I sold it to pay to go to university, amongst other stuff. But if I'd have reinvested it as I wanted to, I'd be in a position of so many of my peers at that time. But I didn't. To my family, I'm living a very, very precarious existence, paying at least double the amount of their mortgage on rent in times where rents are rising exponentially. I can't help that. And because of what I do and where I do it, being between countries, I don't have a proper job on paper. Uh, And it means I can't buy a house again at least for the time being even though I've owned one before and even though I've helped my parents pay off their mortgage by lending them my money even though I pay more money for rent than a mortgage equivalent could be I'm not allowed to participate and it sucks not because I necessarily feel like owning a house is the ultimate but I do know it affords you some security right now everything's volatile and I don't know where I'll be next year sometimes month to month I don't know where I'm going to be I might have to make a drastic change at short notice simply because the rates could go up and I'll be stuck, homeless. So I'm always in a state of being on the edge, ready to up and leave in ways, unable to settle because I just don't know. Things are volatile and that's what I'm talking about. There are so many people, some folks like to call them millennials, but they're not necessarily born in a particular time frame. But they're in this situation too, especially in the UK. It's like a constant looming presence, warning you not to get too comfortable if you're trying to carve your own path, but don't come from a wealthy family. You're kind of punished for innovating, for choosing an alternative. I'm using air quotes for that one. And it's exhausting because I think it takes up a lot of energy to try to tread a different path, to create new things in the world, to try and keep having the energy to keep showing up, to keep trying. 
whilst trying to afford to eat because your basic needs allowance only kind of extends to your rent. Why don't you move somewhere cheaper, I hear you ask. Trust me, Daddy, for four years I've been exploring that. <sighs> Let me count the ways. <laughs> There's been continents, small towns, cities. There really isn't much difference in rent, to be honest. When you top up costs and things like needing to be close-ish to an airport, i.e. ideally not over an hour each way, making budgets for countries, things to consider like doctors, you know? I've moved around a lot and the energy of starting again takes a lot. Of course, there's so many energising things about it too though, but it's a lot. So if anyone's got any solution to the housing crisis or places to live, do let me know. Jokes. It's not all bad and I've learned to live without a lot, truly limiting budgets. You know, I'm from a working class background, a complicated one, but one that has known poverty. Plus, I lived in Norway for years whilst being poor. The entire time, in fact. And if I can make it there, I can make it anywhere. I'm not going to sing that song. Anyway, volatile times. That was a big ass tangent. Why? Because this month, just like many other months, forces me to consider what the hell it is that I'm doing and to get clear on my mission, who I'm showing up for and the grand finale where to put my energy. It's volatile, this energy thing, right? And shout out to anyone living with an autoimmune disorder too, or any illness that's invisible or not. You're my heroes. To learn how to adjust and take care of yourself in spite of the stuff that makes many things very difficult is very humbling and very real. So a moment of space that I'm holding for you. And a learning nugget for you that you probably know, but I hope it serves useful to someone, is to factor this stuff into your everyday. You know, managing your energy. I used to listen to coaches and folks that would say stuff like, I've planned my content out for the next three months, and the blood would literally drain from my face. How, Sway? Am I just disorganised? But I'm making stuff. Why is it that I can't do things in that way? And I know that my best work comes from being present in what I'm doing, not doubting. I have to trust my feelings and truly connect to my intention in order to share anything, however small. I can't plan a load of stuff in advance because I might feel different then. And I'm not saying that those people that do plan their content in advance do it in a very robotic way at all or that they don't consider these things. It's just, you know, being able to observe and not judge yourself in the process. So in those moments when I'm thinking about my content, I might have written something last week about how to mm, insert something positive here, have full beans and be energised in your mornings. And then I'm laying in a bed cocoon, struggling to even stand up because I'm feeling so unwell. It doesn't seem right or real for me to then put that thing out there at that time. I'm not hating on those people that do, I'm just saying it's how I roll. And understanding how you roll is crucial, I think, to feeling more at home in yourself and also having more ease and peace in your life. And what I do know for sure is stress will mash you up, really. Reducing stress, however possible, is my focus right now because stress impacts your immune system and I'm really not trying to catch all these viruses that are up and out here. Stress makes your breath smell bad too, just so you know. And it affects everything. Sleep, for example, which then impacts your immunity. Are we seeing a cycle here? It affects your relationships. It fogs your brain and disconnects you from yourself. Because you're all about the stress. There's so little room for anything else. It kills creativity. It gets in the way of hope. 
It makes you forget vitally important things. That's where I got to. So how can I summarise this? I think so much of this month for me has been about trusting, trusting in myself, trusting in my own processes and trusting in that connection to myself that gives me everything that I need. Of course, I'm not saying not to do the work, do the research, do the planning, do your studies, etc. grow and develop, but also leave room for the exhale and make sure that you factor that into your everyday and let it be flexible. So monitor the amount of energy you have at one time and give yourself permission to take your foot off the pedal. Even if it means disappointing people, I think it's much better to be real about things or, you know, maybe disappearing for a while so that you can go and nurture yourself so that you can feel better and then step back out there. Most of all, I think this month has really been about connecting with others that are also interested in this mission of understanding that holding space for self-care and creativity is something that is a journey and it's an ongoing one. It's not something that you can just learn and then inject it into your everyday or put it on like a formula. It's something that requires that connection to yourself and also space for that to change because it will change, you know. Our lives change, seasons change, our experiences change and affect us, right, and affects our energy affects what we can do, what we can't do, what there is space to do, what time we have, what people are expecting of us, family, friends, whatever it is, where we live, all of these things, our workload, etc., our dreams, how much attention we can give to them, all of these things are going to have an impact. So being able to tune in and trust yourself and listen and really listen and not just listen in a way that I did like 15, 20 years ago when I was carrying all those books around going, yeah, I'm sure I really need these 15 books. Put me on the waiting list <laughs> for these unnecessary books. The art, side note, so flipping heavy. They were so, he like, when I think about that, I think that's just how I messed up my body, to be honest, just constantly carrying books that were really flipping heavy. Why did I, I just don't even know why I did it. It must be easier now, surely. I mean, we've got Google. There we go. Um, did Google exist 15, 20 years ago? Finaman. I think, uh, what, didn't it start in, yeah. It did, didn't it? It did, but it was maybe, you know, people used it in a different way. For sure they did, because I remember doing, like, research yeah. methods and I'd have to, like, do papers on things like grey literature. What was it called? Grey... Well, I don't... You see, that's how useful it was. What was it called? Like, I was going to say grey matter, but, like, you know, I don't even know what it was called. Like, just weird weird pockets of research that were physical research methods anyway it, i don't even know what i'm talking about but you know what i mean like when i think back to that time i knew i was doing too much i knew i was doing the most but the pattern was so strong in me because the voice of feeling that i wasn't enough or the voice that told me oh no you can't trust yourself you can't trust that you're enough was too strong or maybe those external factors of people who were doubting me or you know not my lecturer kiss but you know other people that maybe put pressure or maybe doubted that I could do something and were quite vocal about it maybe that had a massive effect I don't know I can't blame other people for it because ultimately it's about myself right and the connection to myself and trusting in that so yeah what's the conclusion here October <sighs> trust in your magic you know it might sound cheesy, but I think it's true. And again, this is also 
a process and um, a practice, you know, some days it's easier than others, but maybe just reminding yourself of that or sending me an email so I can remind you. Anyway, I think that summarises <laughs> October, we're not at the end yet, and it's a full moon today in Taurus, that's exciting, um, but I'm heading to Norway in a couple of days and I'm taking this reminder with me. So this is as much a reminder for me as it is for anyone who connects with this message. And that concludes my TED talk. <laughs> Thank <Just> subscribe. You. <laughs> subscribe. Yeah. I'll subscribe. Subscribe. Click. Thank you for listening. Really appreciate you. And if you dug this podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you subscribe, maybe, or give me a review, maybe do both, maybe even send it to someone that you think might dig it too, because it really, really helps. And I love it when someone gets it and we're all on the same page having a groovy time. And I don't know why I said groovy, because that's making me feel a bit weird. Uh, but yeah, I appreciate it. And I appreciate you. Thank you for being here. Be too soon.